Greetings, heathens and heretics, and welcome to the second in our uh, In the Abyss Reviews episode. Um, joining myself in the Voice of Reason this week, though, is uh, everyone's favourite lefty tub thumper. Fresh from a um, <laughs> fresh from an announcement of uh, a rather tasty little support slot with the Obsessed, Bean Dog. Um, nice, that. Before we get into the review, that's a nice little touch. Yeah, hello. Hello, everyone. Um, that's a great bit of news. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. that. I think that that came together really quickly. Actually, that was our man Davey. I think just put the word out, and um, I, d- I don't think we necessarily expected to hear anything back. You know, it's just one of those ones where you kind of cast the net and see see if anyone see if anything comes in. Um, and yeah, we got we got the email saying come down and play as uh, us, Aluna, and the obsessed Camden Underworld, third of October. I can't wait. I mean, what a gig. I've been listening to the um the obsessed since do you remember Noisy Mothers? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they they used to be on heavy rotation on Noisy Mothers. And that was um, you know, um was it the Church Within album? And I remember going to track that down um after, you know, after staying up all night watching them on that. Yeah, look, it's um that's 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 a quality one that will um I'll I'll do my best to get down to that, but but that's that's enough plugging your riffs let's talk about other riffs um so we had the uh you know we were lucky enough to pick up an advanced copy of this um before it drops on august the 11th um so this is a feast on sorrow by urn a band that you know we love on this podcast anyway the first album's great um and i've been kind of well me personally i've been looking forward to this album an awful lot uh and obviously we had a chat with joe a few weeks back we talked about the album and, and what to expect from it so i went cap in hand and said oh can we uh you know can we can we you know get an early go on the album so we can review it so um here we are thanks to joe for sorting that out and uh hopefully we kind of do it justice um i've got a glass of wine because it feels like that kind of album i think it, it accompanies a glass of wine it, I, I don't know if you agree but it's yeah it's got that kind of feel i, I think it's just you're, you're just getting old well, I, I'm also on holiday after tomorrow, so I'm already in holiday mode, and I've been all week. So there's a bottle of wine every week. So there you go, every night, every week, every night. Anyway, I'll stop waffling. So, like I said, the album "A Feast on Sorrow" comes out on August the 11th via candlelight. Two singles have dropped so far, which you know have, have been well received to say the least. Um, but let's let's get through the album. We've all had, well, two of us have had a, a really good few listens to it. Um, the voice of reasons had a a brief affair with it. Um, Dalliance, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, what a word, what a great word. The album's eight eight tracks long. It's what fifty five minutes. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple of long old songs in there, a couple of eleven minute songs. Um, one of which uh, we'll get to in a minute is going to be released as the third, as the third single, which in itself is quite bold, brazen, if you will. Um, but the album kicks off with a song called the flood came rushing in and straight away you can hear how urn have moved forward from serpent of spirit it's it's a very different approach to me the first couple of minutes are essentially or the first minute or so is essentially thrash before that sort of traditional urn style riff kicks in um being what did you think first yeah. song in well, i mean early impressions? So, just just before i talk about that that track just going back to what you were saying about the production and the move on there. Um, I'll just talk a little bit about, because as you said, there's two singles that have dropped 
Um, so just to just to go back a bit, when that first single, um, Becoming the Ocean, came out, um, it set me off on a bit of a shaky start with this album. Um, now, bear, bear with me, though, because there's, there's a happy ending <laughs> to, this, to this story. Um, Andrew, but, um, Scott, no. <laughs> I, I can, I, no so, the, so the song the, the song came out, uh, you know, I gave it a listen, obviously, because I was a huge fan um, of the previous album, Serpent and Spirit. It was kind of one of those records that I was, you know, I was chewing everyone's ear off about to listen to. I really, really liked it. So there's a lot of anticipation for the single. And then when it came out, like immediately I could hear the um the difference in the production. Yeah. And my my first thought was a little bit like um, you know, that that scene in um in Wayne's World where they kind of they get bought out and then they they're on the the new improved version of their show and the theme yeah, yeah, yeah. kicks in and yeah. it's all kind of glitzy and and um and I sort of well, you know, wow, this sounds like like it's a very international production sound is what I would, that's kind of what my, my first, first thought was. Um, and I was a little bit worried that some of that kind of Britishness um, and quirkiness might have been pushed out. So um, when the album, when we got our hands on the album and I pushed play, like I'm happy to say all of that went completely out the window in the first seconds of the album it just grabbed me straight away um and i think like that opening line where joe just kind of bellows where do the memories go and he just sets up the stall from the off and just becomes you know obviously the reoccurring theme for the album you know and even before we've got into the music just thinking about that line and all the press that's come out before the release of this you know and they describe it as a stark rumination on the grim inevitabilities of disease, dementia, um, and deterioration in old age. And I kind of was thinking about that, you know, with that idea of um, dementia and um, getting old and deterioration and that kind of, where do all the memories go? You know, instantly you kind of, you're drawn into this, this place and this, this, this state of thinking. And then the track just kicks off and it's absolutely fucking savage. I mean, it just that first riff is deranged. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Cannibal Corpse, actually, just just oh. purely purely on the guitars. Um, but great, I mean, they just give you everything in that first song. They're just, they're kind of setting out their stall, pretty much everywhere this album's going to go and the different things it does. You know, it's got those frantic moments. It's got those uh, slower you know, solid kind of groovy parts. And then it's got these huge epic bits. Um, they're really giving you a, a taste of kind of everything in that first song. So I appreciate it for that. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it surprised me a little bit because the, the first minute or so is so so fast. And then when that, that riff kicks in at about minute 15, and it, it's just it's, it's just a huge crushing riff. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It just sets out the rest of the album from that point onwards. And yeah, there's plenty of sort of more proggy bits and, and things like that. But it's just instantly, it's... I, I find it very hard to describe. And I, I said it to Joe when he was on the podcast that when I first heard Earn, while they don't necessarily sound like them, it gave me the, the same kind of feeling as when I first heard Mastodon. Mm -hmm. You've got a band that are kind of coming out of nowhere a little bit. You don't expect you know, considering, you know, background, Hang the Bastard and things like that, you don't expect yeah. this band to sound like this. And the first song on this album 
reiterates that point. It's the same thing again. Didn't see it coming at all. No, they, they, they as if that, a band I, I think about a lot where certainly when I listen to Serpent and Spirit, I listened to, I thought about Metallica a lot, but like them at their most epic, like, and Justice for All, Master of Puppets, that kind of era. Yeah, yeah. They just have these, these changing themes and these kind of episodic um, structures to the songs, you know, where they'll, they'll, they'll change often and just take things off on a curveball, occasionally bring it back, sometimes not. Sometimes a riff will happen and it'll just, that's it. That's the only time they visit that. Um, and that occurs quite a lot um, through this album, which is probably something we talk about as we kind of maybe move through and touch on some of the other songs. Yeah, I, I mean, strong start, to say the least. I mean, and you've only managed to listen to it a couple of times, really. Well, what, what are the sort of initial impressions going into the early part of the album? Yeah, I mean, certainly the um, comparisons you've made with Mastodon and I suppose more progressive elements of, of metal certainly stood out for me um i think what what i what's in, what becomes very clear from that first track and from the start is that you can't pigeonhole this band um, um you can't you can't call them fresh or death or black or or anything there's they're metal they're absolutely metal but you can't go more than that and that's that's what i like straight yeah. off because yeah. it's um there's almost this well, there is this unique quality that, like, we're playing metal, we're doing it our way. It's going to remind you of other bands, but also this is just us. Yeah. Um, we're not, yeah. We, they're just, they are just hurt. And you got, you got some twists and turns there, and you've got, you got a chorus there which isn't a chorus and is somewhat out of place with the song. I, I think in in the in how it. The vocals are harmonised. Um, yeah, in the flip side, it kind of works because again, it's, it's it's sort of unexpected. Which straight away from the whole that first song, you're thinking, yeah, it it, it is expected, unexpected. So, yeah, I mean, I mean you're, you're definitely definitely uh, interested from that point. Like, where where are they going to go next? And it's it's pretty clear that there's there's going to be a journey, uh, yeah. and it's not going to just be a you know bish bash bosh. Here's some songs. You know, it's gonna it's gonna require effort, um, but it's gonna be managed. It's it's gonna be not easy effort, but you're gonna want to make that effort. Yeah, it it, it draws you in right from the start. Then I think that's that's the the big thing I get from it. Um, look, before we go into more of the album, I think we need to talk about the fact that you know at, at the end of the day, Earn are a three piece, and the sound mm -hmm. that's generated on this album, you can hear all three elements, well, four if you include the vocals, everything comes through the production just really, really clear. You know, Angus's guitar work just sounds awesome all the way through the album. And you just you can you can almost hear him picking at the strings. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's just it's got that kind of clarity. Absolutely. And that's kind of that's where I had to eat my hat. Um, you know, we come to talking about my sort of kind of trepidation around the production. It is lovely, you know. Yeah. Like, just as you said, there's clarity there. You can hear, like you can hear the air in the room, and that's kind of always been one of my benchmarks of like good production. Uh, you know, I like it when you. It sounds like a band or a group of musicians playing their instruments in a room, and you can hear that room vibrating. You can, yeah. you can hear the air moving around. Like you said, you can hear the, um, kind of the, the scrape on the strings and, yeah. and bits like that. And there's a, a, a wonderful moment at the end of um, To Die Twice, 
uh, where Angus plays that like acoustic kind of classical influenced um, just outro to the song, which is probably the first the first moment on this album where I actually thought, oh, wow, this is this is really going somewhere like this has got a lot to offer. And um, I mean, that track in general, I think, was an early highlight for me, actually, to die twice is probably the one track. It kind of sucks you in. It sets the mood of the rest of the album. Yeah. Um, it's really dark. It's a really um, kind of ominous. It kind of the weight of despair is is all the way through that song. That outro, <laughs> that outro to it is it's just it's, it's haunting. And I think yeah. is, is the word mm. for it. I mean, one this this might be an odd comparison, but obviously in, in metal we we used to bleakness and darkness and you know the black metal trees and and whatnot and and the weirdness and I, I get a different vibe from this. I think maybe maybe the album cover is a bit of a it's kind of created a vibe for me, but there is a sort of a, a very British kind of bleakness here, which feels somewhat Dickensian. And maybe maybe it's just where my where I am at the moment, being near the sea. But there is there's that vibe that it just feels suitably again, again British and not like the bleakness you get from Scandinavian bands. Can't can't really describe it very well, but well, for, there's for something me, there. It all comes from the inside, you know. I, I don't, you know, you talk about the kind of bleak, you know, black metal and things like that. It's all about the environment, you know. We think of forests and caves and harsh. Mm harsh places and and um you know icy tundras and all that kind of stuff for me this album it's it's probably the most sincerely human metal album i've heard in a long 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 time i mean it's 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 got some really deep stuff coming from um a very real place um you know it's about it's about being a human you know and i think that image you talked about the cover that image of the wave you know really it, it captures the, you know, the kind of expanse and the freedom of the sea, but also the power it has to destroy. And that kind of, that really sums up the mood of this album. I think all of that stuff wrestling against each other. Well, there's a couple of songs on this that are north of 10 minutes long. Um, the first one that comes along is is the third track in a stumble of words, which uh, like I said earlier is, is going to be the third single. It's got very kind of low key intro to it before it moves into, you know, the first kind of groove based part of this album. Um, it makes me think of physical graffiti era Zeppelin. It's, it's sort right. of quite grandiose, quite almost symphonic in the way it comes in. And then, and then Joe's vocals kick in and it's just, again, that intensity just jumps up several levels before without you even seeing it coming. Yeah. It's, it's the first song on the album that feels a little lighter it's kind of um, like I, I, I jotted down. It's like the first song you could probably take to the gym with you because it's it's got a bit of a bounce to it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, that's not to do a disservice to the tune because it's you know it's there's a lot more going on than just kind of um, than than that. But yeah, it's a real. It just settles into this kind of bouncy fist pump of a riff and just strides forward. And again, this is probably the first song that has that real, really gets into that episodic. You know, I think there's about sort of four or five sections to it that it passes through. And it's kind of one of those tracks that reminds me of, um, you know, how Metallica used to approach songs back in the day or, um, you know, even a lot of the stuff on Serpent and Spirit. What, what's what's clear from the album, I think, by by the end of this particular track is this is not, again, it's a journey. 
we, we don't have songs. The songs aren't written from a point of sort of writing a traditional song or being chorus led. It's there is a journey behind it, and I think I think there, there, there's a big lack of choruses on this album, but you don't really notice that until you're finished. Um, yeah. Because because again, you've got so much going on and and all these different riffs and different chapters, so to speak, are. You know they take up the space and they keep you engaged, but yeah, it's oh, it, there's no choruses, and that's fine. Yeah, that's a really yeah. Good point. It's like it almost it almost doesn't need it. I mean, you know, a stumble of words about seven minutes in, it goes fucking pure evil almost, and for about twenty seconds, Joe sounds like he's possessed. It's 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 just all these twists and turns. The the drumming in the second half of this, it, like something Eagle Cavalera would have been proud of. It's it yeah. is just absolutely mm. savage stunning piece of work it's about yeah I, yeah i kind of that middle section you talked about there's no light in that middle section at all you know it's it's all darkness um and then the last minute of the song it just drives double yeah. bass drums going i mean it's insane yeah it real is. highlight real highlight yeah and to, to drop this song as a single um is is bold to say the least but you know what it's it it will it will grab people, I think, because there is so much going on, and it's like three or four different songs in one hit. So yeah. it, it will catch people's attention. And and if you're already a fan of the band anyway, it's it's just going to add to that. But following that, you got the couple of singles, um, the burden and becoming the ocean. We've talked about becoming the ocean already. Um, mm. You know, we, we've, we most people who are going to be listening to this review are probably familiar with those songs. Um, following on from that, then you've got the title track, the feast on sorrow. Which has got this this wonderful piano intro that was done by Joe Duplantier, who produced the album from Gajira. Um, and then just bang, this riff just kicks in straight after it. And I've you know, you know, you think of all the great songs you've had over the years, you think about things like Fight Fire with Fire by, by Metallica, you've got that sort of delicate intro, Beneath the Remains by Sepultura, and then a massive sort of riff kicks in. That art of contrast, you you can you can never beat that. It always works. As if it seeks in right, it works a treat, and it definitely works here. Yeah, I for me this song. I I think Joe Nally's vocal performance on this song is absolutely incredible. Um, like he, it's as if he's possessed by this character. Um, like he's playing the role of like almost this kind of, um, like I think of like the Grim Reaper, you know, or some sort of some sort of biblical figure that's you know embodies. Um, hopelessness and you know he talks in the lyrics he talks about i am the flesh i am the blood but he does it with this menacing delivery i mean that's in my notes that i am flesh i am blood it's yeah, i am death line. i am merciless yeah uh, and it's all delivered in this voice that's coming from another place I, I i don't i mean um you know to his credit joe does a lot of creative things with his voice on this album. You know, everybody actually on this album is supremely creative, you know, that comes through the guitars, all the instrumentation, the arrangements, the vocals. But on this song particularly, there's a there's a gear that he hits, a voice that he uses, which just sounds pure evil. And I love it. I absolutely love this song. It kind of and the tempo of it, the other thing I thought is it sounds like it's kind of a conveyor belt to hell. It's like it's got this real ominous you're just rolling along towards this kind of inevitable doom um it's a really powerful song yeah massively i i love that term a conveyor belt to hell like modern day highway to hell it's um 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, we, I think we should we we should touch a little bit on um on Joe's clean vocals because when he was on the podcast, he mentioned that especially live, it's it's the one thing that he kind of struggles with confidence on because you know screaming into a microphone is one thing, but when you're when you're clean singing, you're almost you're a lot more vulnerable than aren't you? You're putting yourself out there, your potential flaws, all of that. It's a completely different world, and I think I think the the clean vocals that that are intertwined through this album they're they're in the right places and they work and it's not you know he, he's not sort of going beyond his limits everything fits where it should you know it's mm. not you know you go back to sort of no comparison but you go back to the metalcore days and that forced clean singing chorus mm. this album kind of gives you proof that you can do it right the harsh vocal clean vocal combination yeah, yeah. and there's 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 um there's vulnerability in those clean vocals as well. And I think that's yeah. why they work so well. You know, that's crucial. I think that if they were delivered any other way, it, it wouldn't be as effective as it is, you know, given the themes of this album. And I think the personal nature of this album, there's, there's a real, you know, the, 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 whenever, if there is a slight crack in the voice or anything like that, that just makes it all the more human. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a much stronger album for that as well. Yeah, it really but, works. But I, th- I think part of that is because they're not following a template. So many clean vocals, you know, since since the um, the those um, early noughties metalcore days, there's a template there. There's a there's a structure, and how how they approach their songs. And yeah, they might be good at what they do, but it's predictable. And they uh, don't follow a template on this album whatsoever. No. So it feels completely uh, authentic. I know we use that word a lot, but it does. It, it's it's just using using that appropriately mm. there's a there's a thought i had while i was listening it's like going to a restaurant and having food cooked by a master chef okay the ingredients that he uses are the stuff stuff that everyone has in their cupboard you know and as a metal fan people are going to recognize the different elements of this you know halftime bits kind of palm muted chugging you know big epic choruses they're all there we'll all recognize those parts but they've been you know, brought together and used with such good taste and such understanding about of, of what works that it just sounds fresh and it sounds new. But there's um, there's a deconstruction there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So it's not you know, and this isn't a criticism. There's nothing new or surprising on this album, but it's just been like you said, deconstructed and rearranged and put together in such a way where it just sounds fresh and exciting. Yeah, and. and- and that, that's something we crave as metal fans. We, you know, we all know that it, it's great to have leather and studs and early 80s sounding trad metal, which, you know, I'm all over at the minute. But every now and then you you hear a band that, that just sort of is doing something with all those elements, but just doing something new with it. And I, I remember back, at, back in the day, we, um, we went to see uh, Donnie Darko at the cinema. And, uh, this, this, these were the days where we went to I worked at the cinema we went to see a, a bunch of us went to see a film each week with my free tickets just just that was it so many so many films so many god awful films around that time we saw and we saw Donnie Darko that evening and then we went back to your place and we must have briefly sat in silence just absorbing it and then we spent probably about an hour talking about that film trying you know analysing it and going into you know going into the detail and i kind of get that same sort of feeling where you've got to just just think about it absolutely i, I yeah. 
on that point i i had it i put it on this afternoon and it finished i had exactly that moment i had to go out for a walk i, I took myself out <laughs> and kind of went walking you know just just around around town you know around the block but just ruminating on it just thinking about it just letting certain parts of it settle in and and trying to work out what i felt and what what, what i'd connected with it, it it's a really good example actually yeah it has it it, it has that definitely so right after that you, you've got peace then which is just a bit of an interlude it after all that sort of intensity the first six songs and it's just fun. You've got this this sort of delicate interlude, some distant mm. vocals in the back in the background. There's some sort of low key guitar work as well. Again, it adds to the to the sort of general bleakness of the album, but it just brings everything down a level before yeah. you get to the closing song, which which you know I I think we're all in agreement is is one hell of a closing fucking track. Mm. Um, the long goodbye. Where do the yeah. memories go? What's interesting about this song, actually, for me, despite what I've said, is it's recognisable. It feels like an album closing, how the song is structured in, in, into, I think, two distinct parts where you've got that interesting unpredictability to begin with, but then it winds down and there's a sort of triumphant sort of approach as it goes, um, as it you know slows down towards the end. Um, but that's fine for me because it's like, well, you know what? They, they've more than earned the right to do something that's, you know, almost familiar. Um, and maybe at the end of an album like, where you've been on these journeys, it's like, you know what, let's just, I just want to settle down now. Um, and it works as a balance to everything else. It's, it's look, listen to this song, I hear elements of justice for all. Yeah. I'm hearing just good old classic rock guitar. Um, there's, there's a riff guitars. just after four and a half minutes that is just. Yeah, incredible. There's harmonized guitars on this track, so yeah, yeah. just on the point of guitars, I mean, riffs aside, the solos are incredible. Yeah, Yeah. you know, Angus just the things he's doing, the 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 way he's layering the guitars up, the way he's using different sounds, the way you know the aggression in the riffs, sort of set against the the melodic, um, you know, solos and melody lines that are coming through, um. You know, he's wearing so many different hats on this album. It's really impressive. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's like like we've said, listen, you know, going through the entire album, there's so much that that comes at you when you're not expecting it. But yeah. the same, like 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 you've both said, it's all elements of of metal that we're all familiar with, but they're doing something completely different with. It. They've taken it, they've mixed it up, and and just given us something something completely different. I mean, you talk about guitar solos, the, the guitar solo in this track, The Long Goodbye, Where Do The Memories Go? About nine minutes in, it is just incredible. I hope to God they play this song live. I think it, it, I like to think it would be a set closer at some point because it's just got that massive finish. I think it will sound amazing. Headline mm-hmm. dates, you know, hour or so, stuff like this is going to sound incredible. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and on that, that, so that last song, um, actually briefly just I just wanted to talk about peace for a moment and I'm rewinding slightly but I think it's it would be easy to dismiss that but listening today I had some headphones on and I was reminded of of when Joe was on the podcast where you know you were interviewing him on the podcast and he talked about traveling around and recording the subway and recording sounds of, yeah. Like the, yeah. of New York and that's all in peace like if you listen yeah. you can hear those noises kind of um you know, drifting in and out of the background. And it really struck me 
as a powerful moment you know these are sounds of life and this album really is is as i understand it about the end of life so these these you know the sounds you can hear it's like the sounds of a life lived uh, and I just found that quite poignant and quite meaningful, you know, and it's a it's a minute's worth of music that just sort of drifts in. They return to this where do our memories go refrain, um, which they really then bring back in for the climax at the end of the album. So back to the last track, um, which I thought would would like as a comparison. I think that last track would really sound at home on 72 seasons. It's really got that sort of metallic power, the sort of thing we heard earlier in the, in the year with Metallica. I think going through the journey of the album, it feels like peace is the point where the, the story comes to an end. And then that last track is, is the memories of everything that's come before it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it's that guys, way. I've gone down. Someone's interrupting. How rude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the feeling I get. That's, it's almost like that's, that's the, the, the point where everything comes to an end. And that last 11 minutes is is the, the kind of memories of everything that came before it. Mm. It's a long time since I've I've had that level of thought from a metal album that I've, I've kind of got that deep into that I've actually, you know, really thought about what's going on kind of thing without mm. just, you know, loving the riffs and whatever. It, it just goes far deeper than that. Mm. Well, I, yeah. I think it's going to appeal to people on different levels, on, on many levels, I should say. Like, on the first hand, on the surface of it, it's just a great fucking album with great riffs, um, you know, great moments. Uh, it's really, it's just really well put together. It sounds fantastic. The songwriting um, is world-class, um, you know, so they're ticking all the boxes there. But I think, you know, there's another level to it and and you can, you know, it's it's got a theme that's consistent that runs through the whole thing. And I think people are going to relate to that in different ways. And I think if, if you know, if you've been for a bereavement or, you know, experience the themes that, they, that, they, that the album really gets into, I think it's going to hit you on a, on a completely different level as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And, and like you just said, take away from the fact, everything we've been talking about, it's just a fucking great metal album. You know, exactly what you said. It's got the riffs, it's got the vocals, it's got the songs, the solos, that fucking drumming. It's just a fucking great metal album. It gives good crunch. Oh, proper crunch. Captain Ooh, fucking crunch. crunch. Captain Crunch. There you go. <laughs> and you know what? Look, I've said it on a couple of previous episodes, you know, where we are so far this year and all the, the great albums. A massive chunk of my favorite albums this year are British, and and this goes straight to the top of the pile. It really does, and and it's so good to see that all these British bands of varying levels, all the way up through, are just delivering such incredible material at the moment. And we we just we are spoiled for choice. Look, what more can we say? What it's, we yeah um, yeah. You know, What's the, what are we giving it? What are we giving it? A thumbs up. Well, I think it just about gets a thumbs up. Yeah, you know, <laughs> two thumbs up. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. How do you? How do you quantify these things? I guess you just don't. You just, you know. I think we've 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 said all there is to say. Yeah, it's it's easy to give it a score out of eleven and and whatever, but we we've got rules, you know, when it comes to reviewing albums and you know, sort of perfect albums and this kind of thing. But I think in in current times and and everything that's been released in the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years. Yeah. This, this is, this is one of the finest. I think it's, it's that fucking good. I, yeah, I, I, think... I will, I struggle to see it being top this year. 
yeah i yeah i i agree it's got again it's gone straight to straight to the top of my list um i think one of the crucial things i would say is i want to listen to it again like a lot of music <laughs> has come out and it's kind of passed through <laughs> but what i mean by that that's is, the point i just it? want to listen again it's <laughs> I, you know, it's it's one I feel like right. I want to sit with this some more. I want to give it some time. I want to, you know, it's not just a oh that was cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Right, what's next? This is one. It's like okay, I really enjoyed that. I want to set it to one side. I want to spend more time with it. Um, you know, already I've given it a few plays through, and everyone has reviewed. You know, it's a bit of a cliche, you know, but every listen has brought something new. Um, I've noticed something that 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 I enjoy about it. You know, it's it's got layers. It's got layers. I want to spend time with it, and I think that's um, that's a really good sign. I think you need to take it out to dinner first before you get <laughs> oh, too yeah. much closer. You know, oh, listen, do the gentlemanly um, thing at least. Yeah, completely. I mean, you know, we're talking at least three dates. Well, yeah, it's definitely a three date. Yeah, take mm. it home to your parents. That it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Oh, steady on. Hang on. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> We look, we love this album. We, we kind of knew we were going to love this album anyway. And it, it's it's tricky when expectations are high. You don't want to get at, let down. At, and you know what? South London, South, South fucking London, South fucking London. There you go. I, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm a Croydon boy at heart, so I'll um I'll I'll say yes to that. <laughs> well, I'm further south than any of you, but yeah, that's that's a that's a different conversation. Um. <laughs> Look, just to sum it up, it's it's a stunning album. Um, it's 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 very hard to quantify just by talking about it as as a a group of songs, as you would do with a lot of metal albums. There's so much more going on. If you're already a fan of Urn, you will love this album. If you're not already a fan of Urn, listen to this album and and give it the time it deserves. Because I think over the next twelve to eighteen months, the sky's the limit. Now. You know, they got the right backing behind them and they get the right opportunities. You know, they've just done arenas with Gajira, you know, and, and no doubt they've picked up a, a, a huge number of new fans off the back of that. So, you know what? You, you can you can see them support Metallica. Yeah, 100%. I can see that working, definitely. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's, and you, you can't really, you can't really get any better than that. You know, and Joe's a huge Metallica fan. So, it would be the ultimate accolade, wouldn't it? You know, you, you take your band that you never think you're going to go anywhere with and all of a sudden, bosh, you support Metallica. It would be very much deserved. Yeah, I sincerely hope that happens for them. So, uh, so yeah. So it's out on August 11th. Um, we'll all be at Bloodstock uh, on the day it drops. They are playing Saturday at Bloodstock uh, around about midday, one o'clock-ish, something like that. So um, anybody who's going... I, I'm pretty sure there will be a, a, a big crowd for, and I think there'll be a really good walk up for that one. And I think even those who aren't familiar with them and are walking around the arena, they're going to hear those riffs and they're going to, you know, interest is going to kind of peak and it's going to be all, oh, oh yeah, I like the sound of that. And by the time they finish, there's going to be a big fucking crowd. So really looking forward to that. And hopefully we'll get some fucking headline shows later this year as well. That would be nice. Oh, no more gigs. Come on. I can't all do the more gigs. gigs. All the oh. gigs, all the gigs, all the time. Oh. Fucking just lap it up. Let's, let's have it. <laughs> I've even got to go and see the grudge again now that they're playing with the obsessed. So absolutely. You know, yeah. So uh yeah, look, that's it. We love the album. Buy it, listen to it, get the vinyl, 
it's not on cassette, thankfully. CD, download, all of that. Get involved and you won't regret it. Um, this will be it for us for a couple of weeks while we're at Bloodstock. Uh, I think we will be due back middle of August with a with a review of, of Bloodstock and hopefully we're all still alive and <laughs> still nursing hangovers and stomach problems and, and hopefully not sunstroke like it was last year. So um trench foot. Or yeah, yeah, one or the other. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, listening to that and uh and yeah, thanks for listening to this and and we'll uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Stay mal. <laughs>